Yo, yo, yo. Welcome in to the Valero Tech's Open edition of the Preferred Lines podcast. My name is Joe Idoni. I will be your host tonight. Thank you for joining me. Uh, do some important things that definitely help the show. Like, subscribe, retweet, whatever you want to do. You know, I haven't been getting a lot of comments lately on iTunes, which is important to their algorithm. So if you subscribe to the show on iTunes or Spotify, thank you. Do me a favor, leave me a comment, say something nice, five stars. Uh, that would be great to help me sort of getting through some new eyeballs this week. Now, first things first, I feel like crap. Um, I got this, the, the ring light. I switched it to, to this yellow mode so I don't look so pale. I have been riddled with the toddler stomach bug, the daycare bug that I haven't like eaten in like two days. Uh, I'm powering through it here for you guys. So I appreciate those of you stopping along. Uh, if you are here, if you want to chat, if you want to ask me any questions, I answer those later in the show. I really think that's important to sort of have a little bit of interaction with you guys. Please feel free to do so. Uh, switch over to the YouTube channel at Preferred Lines so that I can see that information uh, and we'll be happy to answer your questions toward the end of the show. Here's what I got on tap for tonight. Course preview, dive into some key stats for the week. Uh, I'm going to go through the entire odds board, uh, every range, top of the board, middle, and a couple of long shots, give you some yeses, nos, and some maybe so's. Uh, I'm going to go through my best bet of the week, which is a little bit further down the odds board this week than, than you may suspect. Um, if there are any questions, I will answer those in the chat. And then I'm going to do some final thoughts, including... Some more info on the major report, which which I was proud to sort of announce today. Um, the response has been incredible. The, you guys have been blowing me up. I love to see that. Um, so thank you. I've worked hard on this. I work hard on this show as well. But I think it's going to be something really special for major week that we got lined up. Thanks. Um, okay. Now, when I get to the course preview here, I wanted to mention uh, one of the, the the premier sponsors of the show, Fantasy Points. I'm a part of their media group now. They are a proud sponsor of the show, and I am a proud supporter of them. Now, they have just been dominating NFL fantasy advice, projections, all that stuff for years. Uh, they're diving into the golf space for Masters Week. They have a ridiculous crew of awesome content creators already on their team that they're sort of rolling out daily. Um, they've got models, projections, they've got an optimizer tool. It's all extremely affordable. I believe it's like 20 bucks a month. If you do sign up, please use the promo code lines 22. That will get you 10% off their sub. Um, they have some of the best names in the industry sort of backing them. And I have no doubt that they will be a huge success. So without further ado, let's get into the course preview for this week. Okay. I've got like this not a tea guy, but I haven't had coffee in like two days. So I got this killer headache. You know, it's, it's, it's been bad. Um, TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course specifically par 72, uh, full complement of par three and par fives on the course this week, roughly 7,500 yards. I believe it's just a hair shorter than that. Bermuda grass greens overseeded this time of the year with the POA grass as well. Um, Greg Norman design had some consultation on the project from Mr. Sergio Garcia, which is pretty cool to see. I love it when they sort of get players involved in this stuff. I know Brooks does a course out there in Texas as well. Um, I just think it's a really good idea for these, these, 
big time designers to sort of bring in a player and get their opinion on it, which is always helpful. Historic cut line, pretty average, plus two on the norm. Uh, last four winners, Spieth. Then we had a year off for, for COVID. Corey Connors, Andrew Landry, Kevin Chappell, some big names here. And then, of course, I got to mention uh, Charlie Hoffman, who won this five years ago. But this is obviously the annual Charlie Hoffman Open, where you can't go wrong uh, with getting yourself a little bit of the Hoff. Um, hey, Stu. I appreciate you stopping by. It's great to see you, pal. Uh, Stu has been absolutely killing it. Give him a follow on Twitter. Um, keep doing your thing, buddy. We all support you. And Justin, uh, yeah, at least I got through it before next week. You're right. I've basically been shackled in bed the last two days. I'm staying in the guest room. Uh, it's not been pretty, but I, I will I will get through. I've already got a little sweat rolling. Um, we're going to do this anyways, right? Okay. My course is key stats for the week. So here's some here's some notes first of what what I have written down for previous years. Long course, particularly if the wind is up, that said, um doesn't play overly long and I don't necessarily know what I even mean by that, but what I mean to say is that it's not a prerequisite for success here. I think it's helpful, but when you look at previous winners, when you look at guys who have top 10, when you look at guys like Andrew Landry, when you look at Spieth even, I mean, they aren't the longest hitters. Um, they're, they're pretty generous fairways, and the rough outside of them is negligible at best. Um, it's really nothing. Now, there is trouble, though. Don't get that confused, but you can – Spray it a little bit off the tee and get away with it as long as you aren't too wayward. Um, just keep it in play. Tough combination of par fives. Hard for a lot of these guys to get there in two. Wedge play is an interesting one that I'm going to factor in this week. Now, usually on a 7,500-yard course, um, I don't factor in wedges a lot. Uh, but this week, particularly on the par fives, you're going to have a lot of these 5,200-yard shots that you could leave yourself um, and they're important to score on. So if, you if you're if you good in that range, I think it's definitely something that you're going to want to factor in. Greens and regulation, tough. Lower than tour average here. Um, runoffs, they're well protected by bunkers. And although they aren't small, I just think uh, there's just not a whole lot of players who typically hit them. Obviously, you get the Texas guys narrative, right? We're here. Um, they played well here historically. I have no problem playing these type of narratives. I used it in Florida. I used it in California. I'm going to factor it in here as well. I know sometimes it can get overblown, but I think it's important to understand um, players that are within a comfort zone of where they train, where they practice, where they grew up playing. Um, so all of those things factor in greens, not overly hard, not overly fast, actually relatively slow, I would say, by tour comparisons. Um, but you hit much less of them on average. So around the green game, it's important. Scrambling, sand saves, that kind of stuff. The ability to get yourself up and down when you miss greens and still make par is going to be extremely important this week. It was relatively softer the last two years. We'll see from what I've seen from the conditions early on. It looks like the wind is going to be up a tad. Um, and then I have this, which I wrote down from past years, but I think there's a I wrote rip it and chip it. And what I mean is basically that's how I say bomb and gouge. I think there is an avenue to that here. And I say that because obviously we get Bryson back in the field. Um, Rory's in the field this week. I think given the 
if you can hit it relatively straight, like you don't have to be deadly accurate, but if you're a little bit off the fairways, you're fine. I think just getting it really far down there and just being able to sort of chip and scramble um, is one way to play this course. You don't have to, but I think it's a way that, that can lead you to a good bit of success. Key stats for the week for me, um, tee to green, ball striking, PGA Tour, blah, blah, blah. You, you know the deal. Um, driving distance, I'm putting it in the model. Uh, I'm factoring it in. I, I, if you're in the top 15 in the field in driving distance, I do think that is a plus this week. Around the green game, a lot of scrambling. Um, that's what we've seen here before. Obviously, when you have speed as a winner, you, you should probably put that in. And proximity, 150 to 200 yards. You get a lot of those longer approach shots, uh, just given the length of a lot of the par fours out here and the par threes. Um, but also inside 100, which I'm going to put in this week. All right. I'm going to bring up the odds checker grid here. Just a second. One moment. Add it to stream here. Boom. Here's who we got at the top of the board this week. Now, this segment, uh, you know, these kind of weeks, I miss my buddy Chad over at the Fantasy Golf Bob because what I would have done is I would have just been like, Chad, I feel like shit. You got to take the show this week. Take the reins on it, buddy. Um, and he would have done that for me. But this is this is part of the animal uh, when riding solo. You got to power through it. There's no days off. You keep it moving. I know the importance of not missing a week, right? Uh, I want to stay on your podcast feed. I want to stay relevant. Uh, I know that if I miss a week, you're probably going to switch to somebody else next week. So uh, I'm here. I'm going to do the best that I can. And, and we'll kind of go from there. Um, fantasy golf pod. They're going to do a show later today. The golf guys pod. Um, he just does ridiculously good content in with the tiers and with the early pricing suggestions. So check them out. Um, big friends of the show. Okay. The odds board starting at the top, Rory McIlroy, the best number you're going to find on him is probably eight to one. I see some plus eight fifties out there. I think that may be three, six, five. No, that's Unibet. They added a couple new ones here, which is always nice to see new things added. Um, but pretty much eight to one at most of the bigger books. Jordan Spieth, 16 to one. Corey Connors, 18 to one. Hideki Matsuyama, the best number you're going to find is 20 to one. Abraham answer, 22. Bryson DeChambeau, 28. I'm going to pause it right there because that's all the guys under 30 to one. And I'm not taking any of them. Um, probably no big surprise. Um, the one that I would lean to is Hideki. Um, he was playing great. I just don't know enough. And there's uncertainties about the injuries. Um, but I, most of those injuries, when you're able to come back this quickly, don't concern me a ton. Um, we saw Daniel Berger have a little flare up and, and able to get through it quickly and almost win the Honda. The longer term ones, and of course, we've got Tiger to talk about. Uh, those concern me when you're out four to six months, like Harris English, I know, is trying to come back as well. That's concerning. When you're out a couple weeks, um, less so for me. That said, it might just be like a tune-up for him and in a lot of these guys for Augusta. And I know many of you hate that narrative. They show up here. There's a million dollars plus on the line. They're there to win. Um, don't know that that's necessarily the case, at least in my mind. That's who I'd lean. I haven't bet him. Connors, no way sub 20 to 1 for me. I played him a lot last week in individual matchups. He was great. Um, Rory, interesting change up in strategy for Rory. I think I like it. Um, just cause he, you know, was never like super dominant match play player doesn't strike me as anyways. So 
his idea was to change things up. And I think in an attempt to alleviate some pressure and change his thought process for next week, rather than getting there early, rather than grinding, let me take my mind off of it, focus on something else, show up there Sunday night, uh, potentially Saturday morning if things don't go well this week, and, and refocus and have it not on my mind centrally for two straight weeks. Um, interesting to see how that plays out for him. A lot on Rory next week. Spieth, no, he was playing much better coming into this event last year. The driving numbers were actually really good coming into this last year. The ball striking was better, no for me. Answer, I'd consider, just a no, um, was pretty good in his matches. I don't believe he was losing until he finally lost, so I think he won the first three. And Bryson, um, I was, I thought he looked pretty good. So here's the injury one I was talking about, though. Um, where there's more time off, right? There was clearly some rust, although the putter and the chipping looked pretty good. The driver was just wayward. Um, and there's just too many unknowns last week, and I didn't see enough of them. He didn't win a single match in his three and what I thought was a pretty favorable grouping. Uh, so I'm going to be off of him. That does it for under 30 to one. Now, at 30 to one, I have a bet. It's Gary Woodland. Um, awesome in Florida. I've been on him pretty much the whole way. I'm not going to jump off here because he had a sixth tier last year coming in with basically way worse form. Um, this year, there's a lot more positive signs, particularly at the Valspar. So through the Arnold Palmer and the Honda, uh, it was primarily coming with the flat stick for Gary, which is not his strength, right? He's a good putter, not a great putter. Uh, but he was gaining a ton of strokes there, and that's always a bit concerning. What I wanted to see was the irons turn, and I saw that at Valspar. Uh, plus 4.5 on approach, over six strokes gained T to green at his last outing at the Valspar. Just playing good. He looks healthy, um, which is great. He looks in great shape. A positive performance here last year. I think this is a good tournament that, that is going to have his full attention. Uh, so 30 to 1 Woodland is a is a bet for me. Um, moving down the board a little bit. Chris Kirk is there. It's like he's going to be, he's so popular this week. I missed out on the early numbers. I just did. I, I wasn't all that motivated and felt terrible yesterday, even worse. So I missed out. I know there were some fifties and sixties out there all the way down to the best number. It's like 25 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. That's outrageous for Chris Kirk, 35 to one at other places. I know the numbers here are great. Um, not going to be a bet for me. I missed it. If he wins, I'll happily shake the hands and congratulate and victory lap all you guys who got him at 50 to one. Mav McNeely is a no. Siwoo Kim, I'm thinking about. Um, you just worry. Like he's hard to bet on because it's like if he starts out good. Um, you can kind of count on him to keep the irons going. Well, if he starts out bad, there's an easy miss the cut by four in him. Don't know enough. Adam Hadwin is a big maybe for me. Um, he had that scorching hot round at the players and then backed it up with a really good performance at Valspar. I think that he, I align his game with some of the guys who have won here previously. He just fits that. So when I say Spieth, Connors, Landry, last three winners, um, Hadwin kind of fits in that bunch with me. Um, streaky putter, good iron player, crafty around the greens, um, and straight 
with the driver. I, uh, that's crazy to say for Spieth, but he was hitting it really well this time last year. Um, yeah, he's a maybe. Keegan, I thought about too. The guy who I took, yeah, I took Fino. Kind of have to. I don't know. I, I You've heard it a million times. He made a shitload of birdies against Xander. Great. Um, if you guys are just hopping in, drop a question in the chat. I'm going to answer that at the end of the show. Tell me why I'm wrong about Tony Fina. I'll be happy to hear it. But I'm going to take a 40 to 1 flyer here on just a great course setup for him. What put me on him was not only the number, but it was my notes that I wrote in all caps, which probably a lot of people who study courses will tell me I'm wrong on this, but the rip it and chip it thing. Like if he can just hit it 340 and he's great around the greens normally, I know that he's been struggling in that department, but normally really good. I'm trying to pull up some of his recent around the green stuff here. Okay, I've got him 16th in approach over the last 24 rounds around the green 69th. That's not great. I'm sorry. That was over the last 50. Let me go to my model here. Just bear with me a second. I'm going to pull up what some of more of his, his recent stuff to see if he's trending at all. Um, Cause for me, it was just a gut play. It was a 40 to one number. Okay. 12th in ball striking proximity, 75 to hundred. He's ninth one fifty to one seventy five. He's second uh, strokes gain with the putter one eleventh. Not unusual form driving distance 54th. Interesting in 90th and around the green. So something's off there. Um, but normally I do think that he has a great set of hands on him and could play well. I expect, you know, obviously we've got major season incoming top 10. Tony could be on his way back. I don't want to miss this 40 to one. It would feel kind of foolish in this field if you started, you know, at the beginning of the year. All right, let's move down a little bit. 50 to 1, Jason Day. Too many unknowns for me. Johnny Vegas is there, 55 to 1. Mito, Davis Riley catching a lot of steam. Obviously won the Corn Ferry event here, I believe, on this course. Um, but I'm going to bring in my best bet of the week. Now, this is this is cringeworthy stuff, guys. Um, if you're here on the live stream, I've got a cool little graphic. If you're listening to the audio, hey, how are you? Thank you as well. But the best bet of the week for me... Holy shit, it's Luke List. Um, he was just raining out so well. T to green first over the last 24 rounds. Also first in ball striking, by the way, which was not added here. But um, around the green, like this is what got me. I never factored this in as a strength of Luke List, but fourth and around the green over the last 24 rounds. I'm not sure how much of that came directly from... Um, just from the, his win, obviously, at Tory there. Let's look here. Farmers around the green. No, only 0.7. He hasn't lost strokes around the green. Going back on Fantasy National now since a miscut at the Shriners in October. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight events. Strokes gained around the green. Positive. Um, two missed cuts in a row. You see there in recent form, obviously the Arnold Palmer and the Genesis he lost 7.1 putting at the Arnold Palmer. I have a feeling it was probably one of those classic Luke list holes where he four putts from like six feet and burns everybody. And, and that's why you get 60 to one on a guy who has been in pretty good form. Um, off the tee numbers are fantastic. Um, seven of the last eight gaining on approach. Eight straight off the tee, positive. Tee to green has also been really good. 
Um, he's just in good form, guys. Fifth in greens and regulation. You pound a lot of greens here. You don't have to make quite as many putts on a course where it's tough to hit greens. And proximity. And I think the, the most important range coming in on a lot of these par fours, which will dominate the number of holes you play. Uh, second, just a numbers play for me. Course history, 17th last year. Miscut, miscut, miscut. Although... Let me say this about Luke List. I did have a point here that I wanted to get into on him. Um, better incoming form this year than last year. When you go back to when he did finish 17th at the Vals at the Valero last year, um, he had missed cuts in three of his last four, and he was losing on approach one, two, three, four, four out of the five previous starts he played. He was losing on approach. So the irons were not in a good spot last year when he showed up here and was able to finish 17th this year he's gained in six out of seven on approach the irons are locked in uh he's striking it really well the recent form is classic luke list a couple of top tens a first which isn't always classic luke list but uh two missed cuts in a row which is the reason he's not 40 to one this week i'll take the bump i'm gonna get this off the screen before i am forever uh ridiculed for making luke list my best bet but that's what we got 60 to one this week all right let's move down the odds board a little bit more and i have a really boring one for you here and it's chucky hoffman 75 to one you've all bet him me too um i'm not going to be the fool that misses out on chuck hoffman week you just bet him here every year and he's going to win this tournament more than one out of every 75 times um, so you play him. Um, let me just peek here at the recent form for Hoffman. Okay, he's first in strokes gained total at this course. Not a big surprise. Greens in regulation gained 124th, ball striking 130th. So it's ugly right now. Um, coming back to a good get right spot for him. Uh, Jesus, the approach and the off the tee numbers have been an absolute bloodbath. Maybe this is a spot for him. 75 to one. Look, it's not going to crush your bankroll. And it's just one that um, in the content industry, you feel like a fool if you aren't on. So there you have it. Let's move down the odds board a little bit. Sahith, I wanted 100. That was probably unrealistic. Not going to bet the 75. Denny's there at 91. Doug Gim is at 81. I believe there are some 100s out there on Doug Gim. Obviously, you got some Texas narratives there. Ian Poulter. Um, just in bad form. Lonto Griffin, now that I see that in front of me again, that's an interesting number. Bobby Max, 91. Dylan Fratelli, who I thought did an awesome job on the coverage. Don't know if you caught any of that last week, but he was working with the um, on-course crew. Had some great questions for guys after the round. Like I think he called Spieth out at one point. Um, funny stuff, but obviously a University of Texas grad. Okay, there he is. One hundred to one, Matthew Neesmith. Um, yes, yes. This is a play because he retweeted my final thoughts last week, um, and I appreciate that from him. And we had a little conversation, and he's uh, an awesome guy, and thought that I hit the nail on the head. But his approach numbers and his ball striking have been great. Uh, top fifteen in ball striking, tee to green. He's also top twenty. He's hitting the driver much better this year. Um, anyone who can stripe it, I like here. Greens and regulation, uh, top 15 as well. He reminds me right now of kind of 
little bit of what we saw Corey Connors go on a run maybe like a couple of years ago, probably before he won this event. Uh, where we're like, man, this guy is just continuing to flush it week in, week out. The tournament at the Valspar, I don't think that he he let off the gas at all. He just got got by a better player in Sam Burns. Um, 7.9 on approach there, 5.2 with the Honda, 2.3 at the Genesis. Those are three of his last four starts. I'm going to continue to ride him. I think that his change in mindset was very positive for him, and I love that he talked about it, right? Uh, because that's what's helpful for me in a lot of the final thought stuff. You talk about it. You got to be about it. And I hope that that works out well for him. Moving down, um, Hojgaard, Merritt, Smalley, who had a great performance last week, nearly won at 110 to 1. Takumi Kanaya at 125 to 1. Um, Richard Bland at 130. These are some guys who played last week, which um, is nice to see. Bo Hostler, hmm, 140 to 1 at DraftKings. That's a big. Big number on Bo. I did take another UT guy, Jordan Spieth, old roommate himself. Um, where's he at? 150. There it is. Kramer Hickok. Um, that's my biggest long shot of this week. I'm trying to pull up my where he is here in my model. Minwoo Lee's out there too, who I was really impressed with. I didn't know much about him whatsoever until last week. Um but I was actually really impressed with how he played. So Hickok, uh, ball striking numbers are, are positive in general. Really good sand player. And he rated out really well in the three proximities that I was looking at. I think he's, he's not good in some of the other ones, which I don't think he will see um, quite as many of this week. I'm trying to find Bo Hostler. JJ Spawn was another guy that I took a look at. Okay, here's Bo. Not great in the model. Uh, miscut at the players. I think that he was pretty popular because he was coming in off a 48th, a 16th, and a 20th where he played really well. Not sure if he got caught by the bad wave, but you can kind of write off a lot of the players this year. Lost 6.8 on approach. That could have been on 17. Um, who knows? But he was doing it a lot with the putter before that. So maybe it's a good thing I'm not on him. I feel pretty good about Hickok at 150 to 1. Um, I've seen some love for Kevin Chappell. Was terrible on his front nine last week at Corrales. They had some shares of him in jock market. And all of a sudden, like top 15, somehow made the cut. Played really well on Saturday. And that's kind of been his hallmark is these really low rounds. Cameron Champ's an interesting one. Adam Svensson, my boy there, is 200 to 1. Um, we'll see. I'm going to try to do lunchtime long shots if I do go into work tomorrow and have a lunch break. Uh, so we'll see if any of those guys can sort of round out my, my long shots for the week. Again, any questions? I'm going to try to answer a couple of those now. Um, Stewie had one. How much an advantage do Bombers have this week? Well, Stu, it it just all depends, right? Like, how straight can they hit it? Um, I do think it's there. I think a lot of people are underrating it a little bit. Um, like, I haven't seen it in a ton of people's uh, course previews or notes, um, but it was in mine. So it's in my course notes, rip it and chip it, a.k.a. bomb and gouge. There's a way to play this thing where you just hit it really far you can miss the fairway a little bit and you chip it onto the green. You try to make birdie, but at worst you make par. 
I think there's an avenue for that this week, Stu. I'm going to probably play that as a little bit of a DraftKings narrative um, and see see kind of where that leads me to. Um, Justin also said he forgot about Harris English. It's been so long. Yeah, he had a torn something in his hip. I, he really wanted to get back for Augusta. That's an important event for him. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think Tiger's going to happen. If you caught my show months ago, I've been telling people he's going to play the Masters forever, just kind of hoping that I'm the one person saying that that's going to be right and not pessimistic on Tiger Woods. Um, he's playing. He's in the field. He's going to be back this summer. I think we see him six to eight tournaments this year and probably every major, like including the majors. So he'll play, I think, two to four other events. Look, we're talking about walking here. I know it's a toll. I haven't been there. I'm sure it's up and down, but that's not what's holding Tiger Woods back. It's how his body is able to recover. Um, and if he feels he's able to get through the ball and move effectively within his golf swing, which I thought I saw he was mostly able to do back in December. I can only imagine he's been working his tail off. It's been four months now. Uh, he will be teeing it up at Augusta. Call me wrong if I'm wrong. All right. Next part of the show, final thoughts. I'm going to get into the major report here. But first, brought to you by Prize Picks. Um, I, it, it's an awesome game where you just play over-unders. You can sort of parlay things. You can do four things and, and basically get 12x on your money. Um, the golf stuff has been really advantageous if you dive into it. Andy and Rick do a great preview on it. Rick has some tools over on rickrungood.com where you can look up whole history and kind of run some little models. Uh, slick, easy to use mobile app, deposit right in there. 100% legal. The, pro legal. the promo code is PL100. That'll get you a $100 match on your first deposit. So you throw in $100, uh, they will give you $200, and that can go a hell of a long way with prize picks. So appreciate them sort of supporting the show. All right. Final thoughts this week. Now, I have been doing this kind of mental health thing, but this week I wanted to. I've got a lot of questions um, within the DMs this week about the new show. So, launched it today. It is called The Major Report. I thought I came up with a pretty cool logo. I know a couple of you guys said that, but the little MR with the flag I thought was pretty dope. Um, Andy Lack and I. So, we started talking about this maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. It's been a little bit of a process, but we've put in a ton of work since. Um, we have 17 guests on the show. What it's going to be is next Monday and Tuesday night, starting at 8 p.m. We are going to do a part A and a part B. Um, so part A will be Monday at 8. Part B will be Tuesday at 8. It's going to be about an hour and a half both nights. Three full Three plus full hours of everything, the most comprehensive Masters gambling and DFS show you have ever seen. I can promise you that. Um, I'm pouring my heart and soul into it like I always do. Andy, I'm sure, will as well. But our idea was essentially, and I put a little clip of it in the video, the the like live from the Masters, right? The Golf Channel show with Brandel and just it's a good show, but like they don't address odds or DFS, or any of that stuff really at all. There's a ton of commercials. There's a ton of like fluff in there. 
we wanted to sort of get rid of all of that, strip it down, do a show for degenerates like us that is just the same idea and concept, long form talk, preview, but catered toward our audience. So um, just to give you a little bit of a breakdown, there's going to be a, a full on like part A is a full on Augusta National course preview with Stephen Hennessy, who has some unbelievable like stuff about the changes that have undergone at the golf course. Um, he is Golf Digest head like director of the top 100 courses. Then key stats, I'm going to bring in PGA tout him and Andy do probably two of the best course and tournament previews that there are so those three guys are going to set the event up for you then on monday we're going to do the betting board right so i have pat mayo who's going to run over the top of the board with andy and i feinberg's going to come on and do the middle uh we're going to have some long shots as well we're going to have four player spotlights sort of sprinkled throughout the show two on monday two on tuesday so what we have lined up for there um Ben Coley is going to do Justin Thomas player spotlight, like basically cue him, give him the floor, make the case for Justin Thomas. Steve Bamford is going to do Rory McIlroy. Luke, my buddy, Luke Walker is going to do Brooks and Nagels. Who else could we have do Xander Shoffley than our guy Nagels bagels. Um, I also have a really cool segment. I'm not sure which day I'm going to run it, but um, something that I find fascinating is amateurs playing Augusta National, right? Like what other professional sport can you think of that the pinnacle event of the year, the Masters, um, invites amateurs, right? Guys who are not professionals to play alongside the pros. I find it fascinating. It's the spirit of golf. It is what, um, you know, was always developed around the spirit of Augusta National itself. They make a big deal out of it. It is a big deal. I wanted to bring someone on who's experienced that and walks you guys through what it's like. Steve Scott, one of the greatest amateur players ever, uh, was in probably the most famous US Am ever played in 1997 with Tiger Woods. Uh, he's got great stories. He works for um, PGA Tour Live right now. He's going to come on and do like a, a cool segment about that. Um, we've got first round leaders and props, Tom Jacobs. Then we have the DFS side, right? Tambo, Kenny, Bearoff. They're all coming in to give us our favorite DFS plays. Ownership and leverage part. We're going to shift uh, shift over to Chad, Rob G, Kirshner. Like, there's going to be so many people involved in this. Rick is going to close the whole thing down with us. I'm sure, talk a lot of Tiger Woods. Um, final thoughts for the Masters. How's the weather playing out? Who do we think is going to win this thing? It's going to be super cool, um, completely ad and sponsor free. I've already had a, like people reach out and be like, can I sponsor the show? No, uh, not this time. I want to run this thing. I don't want to waste any time with ad reads. I want it to just be completely free of all of that. I want to see how it goes. And, and maybe we were on to something. I really want to try to prove this concept um, that this is possible and is, is doable. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yes, Will, that will be 8 p.m. Eastern. So it's roughly going to run 8 to 9.30. It will be available in the format of a podcast. It will be on YouTube live. Um, it's going to be post as an audio podcast on both Andy and I's subscription. 
Um, just hoping to cross over some eyes. I think that he's so smart and so talented, and maybe some of his viewers can check me out. Maybe some of mine can check him out. Um, and we're going to both host the thing. We're going to sit here for three hours and and talk everything Masters. I cannot wait. Um, I hope that you guys all will will join us for that. I appreciate you sticking with me this week uh, in my, my worst self. <laughs> uh, so thank you. I hope that you enjoyed the pod. Best of luck at the Valero. Make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, um, do all those things to, to sort of help me out and keep this thing going. I'm working hard at it. I appreciate you all. Hope that you have a great week. I'll talk to you later. Peace.